0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Fibernew Podcast. On this episode, we sat down with Ted Barak of Fibernew West Metro Lakes in the greater Minneapolis area. Ted started his business back in 2012, and since then, he's made a focus of zeroing in on high-end furniture work, commercial work, RV work, and warranty work in the automotive space. On this episode, we talked about how creating opportunities, and in particular with furniture stores is what he uses as an example, has really led to a lot of success in his business. We talked about the golden rule of knowing thy customer, so from scenario to scenario, how you deal with different customers and how that relates to success. We talk about there being no silver bullet when it comes to business generation. He talks about how he stays busy consistently and all the different things he does to get the word out about how he can help his customers, how he schedules sales calls every single Monday, whether it's an hour, two hours, maybe sometimes the entire day, but he does it every single week and does it consistently. He talks about how his success in fiber new West Metro Lakes directly relates to how many doors he knocks on. A really, really good concept, and he does expand upon that in this episode. At the end of the call, we talked about what he calls his $10,000 rule. So this really looks at cash flow and how many jobs he's done for the month, how many he has booked and how many are in progress. And he always correlates that back to at least having $10,000 in his pipe. It's a really interesting concept. Stick around to the end of the call for that. You're gonna wanna take notes on this one because we talk about a lot of stuff. We cover a lot of ground. He shares a lot of very, very valuable information. Hope you enjoy and, as always, can take away some key insights to apply to your own business. Thanks a lot, everyone. Cheers. Thank you very
1: much for taking time out of your day to uh, to do this podcast with us. All right.
2: Let's see. I started in 2012, so I'm in my seventh year. It'll be seven years in March, I want to say. Okay. Um, okay whole idea has always been to just kind of be a, a one-man band, which has worked out great. We focus mostly on high-end furniture uh, and commercial recovering, which okay. kind of keeps it, keeps us balanced.
1: Okay, cool. I want to go into detail on that, on that balance topic uh, down the road, but let, let's start back in 2012 um, when you First went home from training. So let's just talk a little bit about your particular area of Minneapolis and what you kind of expected going into it, or wh- where did you start in 2012 in terms of building your business?
2: How did that play out? Um, you know, a little bit of everything. I'm in the Lake Minnetonka area, and I've, I've got Edina. I've got most of the high-end zip codes in. The Twin Cities, and I've even okay. got like one Orno's, like top ten I think in the U.S. Some of the property over there. So I focus on high-end furniture. I'm surrounded okay. by aniline Not a bad thing.
1: Not a bad thing. So, no. how did you how did you get your foot into that market, into that high-end market uh, off the hop? What were some of the things you did? Furniture stores. You,
2: you got to go to where they where they sell it. You got to know what they sell. You, you know, you got to uh, it's the easiest sales call in in, in the world to make the, uh, and I've, I've told a lot of you this. all you got to do is go in there with either a jeweler's loop or a magnifying glass and just start taking a real close look at the leather. I guarantee the manager will push his firewall out of the way and run to you. they They start freaking out. They think you're the com- competition. You just tell them you do a lot of work for their auto warranty customers. And uh, you like to see what they got? And they'll okay. start sending you stuff. So that opens up the conversation. Business cards handy
1: in, in a situation like that, right? And uh,
2: oh yeah, just yeah. yeah, okay. Just just try to get them. I, I do that. do that, knowing the manager's going to come to me before I ever go in the store. So yeah, I got the I got the cards handy. Yeah. Well, we I got i got the upper Midwest or at least Minnesota regional director for Ethan Allen one day when I was in there. And now we're doing all of their uh, delivery damage issues here in the Twin Cities.
1: Oh, cool. Okay. So he just happened and to be in I the did, store? All, well, they all I did do, was go in there with a jeweler's loop. That's great. And I just obviously started talking to them and uh, yeah. probably... I mean, they, don't, they yeah. don't know
2: as much as they, as they think they do. And they really don't. And, you know, they're... Interesting. ...part of the, the training sequence overall in general. But, um, you know, like they... She, she was under the imp- At Ethan Allen, she was under the impression that that if it was aniline, and mm-hmm. the color would go all the way through the leather. Well, that's not the case. It's tumble dried or tumble-dyed. And if it starts at a wet blue stage, it's going to have a little light line through it. If it's colored all the way through, it's probably vegetable tanned. Um, that's all you gotta tell them, and you got their business. Interesting. Yeah, just, you know, if you know a little bit more than they do, it goes a long way. How many furniture stores have you done
1: that with, do you think, in, in your territory? How many times have you replicated um, this?
2: Probably all of them. <laughs> okay yeah good great answer <laughs> the but you know a lot of them, the the ones that sell the junkie stuff you know they if if they're not already working with montage or you know something like that um where they're set up contractually that above the store level, so you really don't have an end um but those stores will send you the customers that are out of warranty because they'll call the store when something goes wrong. And if the store can't help them, they really love to be able to have someone to pass the buck to. They, they want okay. those people. But if you're in the okay. store, be specific. See, I, I, I take care of out of warranty customers. That's okay. like one of the keys to their happiness.
1: Right. Because you become the go-to person when uh, when they can't help them mm-hmm. in a the warranty situation. Yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, you fix their problem okay. for free. Somebody else pays you. Right. Good rule of thumb. Perspective matters a lot.
3: <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that was some of your starting steps when, when you went home. And... What else do you remember from, from back in the early days when, when, you, when you first were building your business? What else did you do at that stage?
2: Oh, boy, I was buying mailing lists. Like, I'd go to Info USA, and, like, I started sending out mailing lists for medical because I wanted to get my hands on the clinic directors. And you can get pretty specific with a mailing list. And boy, I was doing that maybe six or so years ago, up to about five years ago maybe. And um, okay. now the now the, the level to which their, their invasiveness has become so pervasive that you can probably really dial it in as to, you could probably find a clinic, find a list of clinic directors that haven't installed new vinyl in the last five years. Wow. Okay.: <clears throat> And were, 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 were you doing
1: email introductions or, or, or
2: mailed letters? No, we, how were you uh, approaching? We, we put together postcards, and I, I just go okay. down and have them put together at uh, like Office Max. They'll, they'll do print, um, design time and then print them on, on the card stock that you choose. I try and make it as easy as possible on myself. Um, we were printing some for a little while, but I just didn't like it. I don't care how good my printer is. It never looks as good. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's worth the money just, to outsource it. And, yeah, yeah. You need, you need yeah. somebody's $10,000 printer to do it if you really yeah. want it to look <laughs> nice. So, yeah, it, it's but all related to that very first impression. Yeah. I mean, it's grassroots stuff. Um, leaving flyers at vet veterinarians, just because most of the, I mean, honestly, most of the the damage work comes from pets and children. But yeah, um, I
1: was just gonna say, I, I like the the term you used with uh, with it being grassroots, meaning. You know, doing the flyer routine, doing the mailer routine, doing the uh, the furniture store routine, these are all the, the basic fundamentals that um, it, it sounds to me like, you know, they, they did pay off for you in the end, right? I mean, this is, these are yeah. all the, the planting of seeds, yeah, back in the day that uh, you probably still feel the effects of seven years later. Yeah,
2: no, I I get calls from sales calls I made, like, my first few months. Mm-hmm. Every, every now and again. We, um, and I pro- in probably the first few months, I made the most just blind sales calls because there really wasn't anything else to do <laughs> at the very beginning. And um, so, you know, I'd collect the business cards and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but it's all,
3: there's there's no one...
2: Like major thing that'll do it all for you. There, if if you do a, li- it, it is planting a lot of seeds in a lot of different directions, a little bit of here and a little bit of there. If you pick up enough nickels off the ground, eventually you've got a dollar. It's it's a little bit here, a little bit there, um, and it's and it grows like compounding interest. Like I said, I mean, I I was lazy over the summer for the last couple of months. My business is directly related to how many doors I knock on, and um, you know I put the money into the bank, kind of worked my butt off through up until the Fourth of July, and then sort of let Google Ads take me through most of the summer, which was the lazy thing to do. Um, but every once in a while, you know, part of, that's part of why you work for yourself. But my sales sure. suffered dramatically, you know, and so I. I okay. have to go and start getting myself going again. So right. I'd, I'd, right, right. I'd, right now, my calendar has, every Monday has sales calls on it.
1: Okay. And is that an all-day Monday for you or, or half a day? or How do you structure that? No,
2: it, you know, it, it doesn't have to be. That's, you know, like I said, in the first few months it was, because then it kind of had to be. <laughs> but right now, not at all. Um It might be one, two, three hours. It it really depends. I'm looking for quality ones, though, so I'm going to, like, hit some specific restaurants. I'm going to hit some maybe certain clinics. Um, If I just want to make more money, I go to places that I've done uh, work for before. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the just... That's the easiest way because you you got, even if you've done work for them, you still got to go back. Um, Right. So, it it really depends on the week, honestly. Like this week, I'm doing some out-state covering out in Hutchinson. And so, tomorrow I'm gonna do some sales calls out in Hutchinson. It's like 30 miles out in the middle of nowhere and I'm on the edge of nowhere. (laughs) Um, But, there's some there's business to be had out there and there's absolutely nobody really taking care of any of it. So. You know, I, I I got I got to guy you there anyway. I, yeah, and I got a country kitchen that I'm recovering out there because I recovered the same guy's ground ground in my territory. So. Cause it's fantastic.
3: Yeah, fantastic. it's easy money. We, um, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, we talked about um, the, the furniture market. Just before we started the, the record for this, we were talking about some of the RV work that you're starting to get into now as well. Um, mm-hmm. That sounds like a fairly new area of your business, or is that something that was always bling in the background? You want to talk about that a bit? Yeah,
2: you know, it's I've always done a little bit here, a little bit there, but I think it's since the, the floors have been cheapening to that more wallpapery kind of stuff than, like, an actual padded vinyl floor, that they're, you know, all it takes is one little screw to get caught under the slide-out, and all of a sudden the thing's murdered. And it's, they can't, you can't easily replace, like, a square, because now they're all, like, boards. There's not a pattern. It's more like wood. And... I mean, it's just quickest sand and fast job in the world. And uh, honestly, it's 175 bucks, and I'm in and out in, like, 15 minutes. They love it. And ever since they discovered I could do that, I've been getting that business. I um, And prior, I, I'd done, like, some shower tub uh, repairs where they crack and okay. you just staple it, ABS. And I thought that was going to be my in into the industry because that solves a a big problem. But I'm not sure if they really are going to save enough. I haven't really gotten a whole lot of repeat. I've done just a few of those. But the floor is, oh, my gosh. It's sanding fast and a little, you know, prep and top coat to match the scene. All the color is already there. You don't have to do anything. It's great. That's great.
1: Is it a few dealers you're doing that with, or how many? Um,
2: yeah, one and one primarily, but I've got a few, and I've got a lot of outstate ones. And those, I mean, they'll they pay me for the mileage and everything. So a lot of times I'll be up, I'll drive 120 miles, 150 miles round trip, but I'll make. Three fifty, four, four fifty for literally fifteen minutes of work. Most, most of wow. the money is okay. coming from the, the mileage and I charge for time out of the shop, really. Right.
1: Okay. And um, did it just take one dealership to kind of crack that door open, or how did how did that floodgate open? Originally, um, you know, in, in terms of them knowing about the service and knowing to mostly contact with you. yeah, mostly
2: with AC Nelson, um, I do most of those there, and that's been the main floodgate. But I, like I said, I do a lot of the outstate stuff, and I don't know if 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 they talk or if it's just a coincidence. I mean, it's it's hard to say. The website does a good job of, of, of nabbing those people, so. Yeah. Okay.
1: I, I imagine there's some banter that goes on, though, right? It, they, yeah. Dealerships yeah, and I mean, yeah, and shops talk to each other.
2: Yeah, they have and, to and, it, and it's a small industry, and people do move around in it. So. Yeah. That's right. Um, there aren't that many of no. them. It's not like car dealerships. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Okay. Um, so we talked about furniture. Talked about RV. What about on the automotive side? You want to just dissect that a little bit?
2: You know, I do a lot of I do a lot of um, Shield for BMW. Okay, and that's fairly lucrative. And I um, those seats cost so much money. The some of those BMW just cushion skins. Which are like two piece in in the higher end models are like forty five hundred bucks
3: for a piece of leather. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's expensive. The um, but yeah, no, they they like working with me because I've done a good job for them. Like and it's you kind of you have two customers sort of when you're de- dealing with that. You're you're. Your customer that's paying you a Zurich Shield, but you're also sort of their representative in a de facto with BMW, so you have to take right. them into consideration. Um, in most case in, in most case scenarios, if, if you act in the best interest of the customer, you win. Good rule to play by, absolutely.
1: That, that's yeah. what keeps them coming back to you every time, too, isn't it? We're a service
2: industry, you know. I, I, I my, my past life was a couple decades in restaurant management, and um, you know, it, we're a service industry. Make no mistake about it. So it's important. Yeah, there's a, a direct tie into your past
1: life in, in terms of what you're doing now. I can, I can totally see that. Uh, oh yeah. And,
2: I used to train managers for Applebee's.
3: Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Let's actually talk
2: about that a little bit. I'm, I'm interested in
3: that. What
1: um, What did that all entail? I mean, was it? Uh, how did you How did you approach that from a from a food service
2: customer standpoint? And and how does that correlate to what you're doing now? Boy, I am. Um A lot because I, what I, I trained kitchen managers or kitchen management at Applebee's. So if you were, if you were going to get a job, um, anyone out there that thought Calgary was rough for, here's what the real world's like. Um, if, if you're going to get a job as a manager for a company like Applebee's, you're going to go through 10 weeks of training and it, it, and it, 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 may be in your own state, (laughs) it might not be in your own state. Um, I've uh, frequently spent extended periods of time out of state training. Well, 10 weeks, I'd get them for the first six. And what they're learning about is inventory management, cost control, they're learning um, customer service from the, the kitchen's perspective, a lot. Basically, I, out of six weeks of training, I got them for out of ten weeks. I had them for six weeks. Then my boss had them for three weeks, and then their new boss, wherever they were going, had them for the last week. Um, okay. Yes, I corrupted a lot of the minds out there. I I, used to <laughs> I, was, I was pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah. You know. No, and and. and you, a lot of the training materials you guys started rolling out about a year and a half, two years ago, actually reminded me a lot about, uh, of the Applebee's stuff. And they're kind of on the leading edge of not just um, customer service, but of, of training and management training in the States. I mean, my wife was in HR for Express Scripts, which is like a Fortune 50 company, and they used Applebee's models for training.
3: Oh, nice. Okay.
2: And I'm things. I'm curious
1: about your comment on on the stuff that we've rolled out in the corporation. What what in particular just did you see the, as the, parallel the, there?
2: The, the format of, um, just some like some of the reboot program stuff and some of the. Um, just how you started rolling things out in general. Which okay. um, you guys did a good job, whoever thought it all up. But um, no, it's pretty good. we've got Not really sure. good resources. I mean we've got we've got we've got better resources than a lot of companies like Applebee's have. Our tech library is better wow. than the Applebee's internet was. Sometimes I oh, okay. ITs are not are non revenue generating departments on the big guys' P and L in the Ivory Tower, so sometimes they don't get the <laughs> um the funds they need to do things the way they'd like to. But um whereas an operation you generate income and they let you have a little bit more latitude, I think. Right. Yeah. The way the world turns.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Insurance.
1: um so rv automotive furniture uh, you mentioned a lot of restaurant work as well let's, let's yeah, talk about that for a few minutes yeah yeah given, really, given that's your old industry
2: yeah it makes it it makes it easier um and i i just kind of know how they like to do business and
0: um and i also
2: know how how most of them bonus and how they how they like to kind of juggle things on their p and l's between periods to help that out, so it that's a that's a good tip for anyone that wants to go into a restaurant um restaurants, just like everybody else you got you've got your your quarters your and your periods, whatever your months are, some of them are gonna be four week periods, some will be five week um, so ar- around the ends of quarters are a good time to go to restaurants just in general dialogue with restaurants letting them know that you you know i don't do one big invoice for restaurants i I invoice what i do that day and i can schedule those days to go over two different periods or two different quarters or sometimes even um like early winter, I might start something in January, do something in February, and finish them the first week in March. Um, beginning, of the, beginning of the year is a good time for them to do discretionary work. Um, but I mean, I, yeah, I, I've, uh, it, it's amazing. It, sometimes a, a $500 invoice can mean the difference between whether they bonus or not. So if you can work with them, on how you do the work and invoice it, that can, that can really count. Well, that's, that's a really good tip. Point. So
1: is that just a matter of asking them point blank? You know, how, how best can I build this to help you in your budget cycles? You just, yeah, you know, I just someone not you know, understanding.
2: I, 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 just, I just offer it right up and say, look, we can schedule this work so that it crosses over different periods or different quarters if that helps how you want it to hit your P&L. I mean, just come around okay. and say it.
3: Okay,
2: that's a really it, good tip. Uh, yeah, because you know the the um, they they live and die by their bonus. They, the salary's not not good enough on its own without the bonus, and um, and that's really the only way they yeah. You know, if you can help, bonus they'll love you.
3: Okay. That's that's fantastic,
1: and um, what kind of work are you doing for them? Is it is it cleaning and recovering, or do you do spot repairs as well for for smaller you know I, holes I do, and tears? I do or? spot
2: repairs. Um, I just picked okay. up a place called Cove on Lake Minnetonka in Wyzetta and I did a lot of velours in there because um, okay. they have like nice fabrics on things like that, but the corners get worn out and the um, the velours that's make them disappear. Um, I try and recover in restaurants. I charge 150 bucks if it's, if I can do it within the width of a a roll of vinyl, Um, pretty much I charge 30 bucks materials, 120 to install it. My wife sells the covers um, these days. And uh, so that's kind of nice. But anything I install, I give them a one year complimentary nick and cut repair. And since I've been doing that, which is about five years, I've repaired something once. (sighs) But as far as added value, it's really big, especially when they're writing a big check. For them to know that you're going to make that go away in the next, you know, takes no time at all. Um, Right. Yeah, you know, and I've got a little square of the the vinyl in their file and stuff anyway, so I can so I can make the color at home. I don't even have to, you know. I can just run in there with a a kit in and out. So okay, but yeah, I, uh, that's I uh, that's a great idea. I do, yeah, I do the vinyl repairs. Um, I try and I try and show up either first thing in the morning or or after business dies or after they close. So If you're willing to work yeah. after hours it it just makes it easy and 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 they like that yeah. um, and frequently you'll be sharing space with the carpet cleaning guys and all of it you know it's <laughs> sometimes a lot's happening in restaurants when everybody else is asleep
3: <laughs>
2: there's a
1: whole other ecosystem that goes on right behind the yep. scenes no one no one even realizes yeah, okay.
2: I used to be the executive kitchen manager for America Live, the whole fourth floor of the Mall of America. And wow, I swear to God, people on the overnight cleaning crew lived in the mall. I swear to God. That, you know, you guys you guys have Edmonton just north of you, and I guarantee you there are people that live in there. It's the same thing as the city. There are homeless people that live in it. Um, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I digress. <You laughs> yeah, uh,
1: interesting fact. Yeah,
2: yeah. So anyone um, who got that Edmonton mall, I know. You, you. I think I think you could run a fibre new territory out of one of those malls.
1: Just in there alone, yeah, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, restaurants, hotel. Um, I think there's a whole like business tower in there as well. It, it's incredible. mm Hmm. Um yeah. Okay, so what about um, what about in the marine? And uh, I know you talked about working in in uh, you know developing work in the medical space. So I think those are the last two left on the table. Let's talk about marine and medical and what you're doing there.
2: Um, marine, I got I get a lot of calls on marine because I'm in the Lake Minnetonka area. Um, I'm and I got Lake Wakoni on the other side of me. I'm I'm surrounded by water. The uh, okay. I I don't do as much as you would think, but Minnesota is really harsh on marine. We're probably harsher than Calgary because we have four very distinct seasons. And I, I was kind of musing about this the other day, but our our record low. Is 60 below, no wind chill, and our record high is 108 Whoa. above. Then that's pretty <laughs> much it. So you get the hot, humid. You know, it's in the 90s and it's humid in the summer. the The sun is strong and it and it bakes stuff. And it's 30 below in the winter. <laughs> and oh, so usually when I see the stuff, it's been sitting at the dock uncovered, and it's just crisped away. Or it's been covered and it's you know, mildewing away or the seams are pulling out. Um so usually I push that stuff on onto, onto um upholsters. I don't I don't tag my my fee on their work because I I probably make a lot more money on the work they send me because of what I send them. And um and that works fine. We, we, we have a, a juki in the shop so we can do a panel replacement on marine or on leather. Um, we just started doing actually some, some covers with that. The original intent with the, the juki was so I didn't have to farm out replacing a panel of leather in, a, in an armchair. And it was more a, a time consideration than a cost consideration. I want it now. <laughs> and, you know, okay. I, I don't want to be held up by anything other than myself. The, uh, okay. it's, my, it's part of my ADD. I want it and I want it now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I do a lot of the, you know, the cigar cruise kind of stuff or getting ready to sell it. Uh, sometimes stitching actually goes and, and it doesn't pull out. and So I do some blind stitching on it and that kind of stuff. But I do a lot more fine furniture on the lake than I do boats on the oh. lake. Ah, okay. So the because vacation properties, the cabins. No, it's where old money lives. Uh, lake Minotox Manit- is, is kind of like Big Bear. Or something. I mean, it, it, it's really, really pricey. And um, there's a lot of old money and a lot of old-money furniture. So, you know, it's a good American-made animal and stuff that's that's coming out of Hickory, North Carolina and, and places like that. Um, and, and they keep it. They don't replace it all the time. So there's furniture to be worked on. There's really nice furniture to be worked on. Um, and designers love having access to that. So I, I get in, I get brought in on some projects that designers are working on. Um, cause even people in the nice houses sometimes have budget and it's designers would actually rather see a redyed aniline sofa than a brand new one. Mm.
3: hmm.
2: Because they're, they're looking for that in a piece. So, um, that's a, that's nice when I get some work from them. I bet. Absolutely.
1: And again, that probably turns into repeat work as well, right? You work with one designer who probably in turn ends up doing a few projects for people and you're the go-to guy. That's a good thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, and it's, I get calls out of the blue because it's, you know, it, so I'll you know I'll do a job or two as a designer, but I I think my name gets floated if someone needs something specific, so that helps. Yeah. And, um yeah. My my I, my my realtor has helped with some of that stuff too. I um my realtor lives on the lake. Her uh, her husband is the the he and his dad started the Redmond shampoo. Business and then they sold it to I don't know L'Oreal wow. or something like that. But wow. okay, but the thing is that when she's when if you if you if you need a little bit of a a boost, <laughs> she um I once she just sent out an email blast. She she's she's a, a CB Burnett Realtor, and um people just started calling me. I, she, she's like I, I was on the phone with her. She's like, I'm sending out an email blast. I'll let me know if you get calls. Calls were coming before I hung up. So <laughs> she did that. Like that she are, did a plug for that you. Are movers and people that are movers and shakers. It's good to try and do work with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It's uh, you know. It,
1: so she just she helps. Just put a mention of you in, in her newsletter. It was as
2: simple as that. She so didn't. She put a photo or anything. Said, "Hey, if you need, if you have someone that needs a sofa, you know, sofa fixed up for the showing, boom." And um, so, yeah, it's kind of it kind of pays to. Um, it it pays to have people that are kind of in your orbit. And I give her what I call the mall discount. They've got a lot of animal and furniture and Great Danes that like to eat ten thousand dollar sofas. And, um, <clears throat> so they're great for business, but, um, I digress. Sorry. I get off on a tangent. <laughs> no, it's good. It, 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 it all no, leads and together. And yeah. And, and it's, you need to go where the, you know, where the money's at, I guess, you know, it's, uh, I know a lot of the people on the lake because I went to a private school in the twin cities and I grew up with a lot of these. Kids and people that now live on the lake, um, so that helps too, and it helps. It helps to be able to, you know, kind of operate, function in certain environments. The uh, especially certain like like new money and old money, you handle them completely differently. So it's um, you know that kind of stuff when you you're handling really wealthy people's furniture, it it, could it, it it helps to know a little bit how they tick.
3: What, uh,
1: from your perspective, what's the biggest difference? Is it is it just all wrapped in how you approach the entire job? Is it wrapped in um, how well, you do the repair itself? What are some of the they, things you do differently?
2: I'm probably more apt to try and save the customer money if, if it's very wealthy old money. That's what they're looking for. Okay. Um, okay. It's the customer that says, just do it, I want it done, that's not old money. It's a completely different approach. Um, people, well,
1: just the old money and new money uh, differences. It, 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 there's, a, there's a greater valuation to the dollar, right? Which means that you you probably have to talk about how you're going to help them differently, <laughs> I imagine, you know, oh. instead of just the guy saying, just do it, I don't care. You know, you have to maybe yeah. talk about the entire process a little more with someone in the older money bracket.
2: Sometimes. And, okay. you know, they may be more likely to encounter questions about what you know, what is the value in the process and, and that sure. kind of thing. I mean, I I pretty much push value onto other people's lap, so to speak, because I can tell you how much it's going to cost me to do it, but I can't tell you if it's a good value for you. Um, I typically tell people that if, if it's going to cost more than half the cost of replacement, it, the value is questionable. And
3: that's, that's a good rule. Yeah.
2: Okay. You know, and most of the, and and I charge nine seventy five for a sofa, and it's a it, for any decent sofa, it's a good value. You know, you can get a decent sofa for around two thousand dollars. It's not going to be, you know, wood joinery and that kind of stuff. But it's you know, you're probably going to get top green leather on it, and you know, it, it it's going to be worthy of um, redoing. You know, some of them might have the Asian frames, but you know, I've got a I've got such a quick fix for those. I drop the box, and I, I don't even really charge anyone extra to fix the frames on those things because it's so easy and takes a little time. Um, you know, and if you if you bought a sofa for a thousand dollars, of course it's not a good value. That's right.
1: Good rule of thumb. Okay, so um, last one on the list is medical. So from all mm-hmm. those intro postcards you used back uh, a few years ago, where has where mm-hmm. that put you in the medical space?
2: Um, it's been good, you know. And ultimately, okay. <laughs> well, and it, it comes it, it comes in waves. Like I haven't been doing a ton. But it's just another facet to the business. So, I think at like most of the things that I do, a lot of I kind of went all in for maybe three to six months trying to get that kind of business just to sort of establish it, and then I move on to the next thing, um, because you know it's about balance. Ultimately, I've done quite a bit of medical. And the word of mouth is what's driving that right now. I haven't advertised okay. for medical in years, and ironically, the the hospital group that took me the longest to get into, um, and ultimately also gives me the most work now. But my mom passed away like 15 years ago. She was on the she was on the the board of the Ridgeview Foundation, and it's taken me longer to get into Ridgeview than any anyone else. Um, but, you know, now now I'm in, and, you know, I kind of did it on my own merits, but then eventually I started going into the office and said, look, my mom was on the board of this place. She bought half the stuff that's up there. You should let me fix it. And I'm a little bit ballsy that way sometimes, so I guess I can I can do that and have fun with it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I started getting work, the, uh, but it did. It took me the longest to get in there. And they're also the closest to my shop. Oh, perfect. But, um, Good. Good. But, yeah, yeah now I get um, just word of mouth and people in the industry talking. But just, my Ridgeview work has branched out into some of their affiliates, like like Wayzata Children's and um, Northwest and a bunch of stuff like that. And so okay. usually the you know or the designer changes something, so I they usually just order the the vinyl and I just go and stretch it onto onto their medical tables and stuff.
1: Okay. It's easy. Just
2: straightforward things? work, yeah. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Good. Yeah, okay. we <laughs> in, in the last couple of years we're sort of starting to reap the benefits of, of the compounding sales calls and just marketing over the years.
3: So. Yeah,
1: yeah, Let, let's talk about that a little bit and, and I, I like your analogy of that. It's like compound interest. And and you it said is. that things things get easier year after year. Do mm-hmm. you want to just just break that down a little bit? And, you know, because we've talked we, we started back on the timetable from 2012 all the things you did as you called it the grassroots business building to word of mouth starting to spread, to you being the go-to guy, and you can see this momentum build over the years. Is that where you're referring to as things get easier year after year? Well, yeah,
2: and it's only, it's like if if I could just write a check to Info USA and then send out a bunch of you know they'll even put put together the flyers for you. You don't have to do it like I did and go to Office Max. They'll do the whole thing and even mail them for you. Um you know, if you could just write a check and that'd be that, it'd be great, but it's not It's a yeah. little investment everywhere, right and it compounds like interest, whether it's i I do a money mailer in one area every other month. It costs me five hundred bucks, and what I'll do is I'll do it in the same area for maybe three or four. Um, mailings and then I'll move to another one okay. um, early on in my restaurant career I worked with a marketing executive that um, she uh, did all of our billboards and stuff and she said that she, she said it, the, it's not the billboard it's it's when you take it away or when you move it because we'll drive by it every day and it's just part of the background. But when you take it away, they start looking for it. They start they start showing up at the restaurant, wondering if you're close, <laughs> stuff like that. And and it's true. So if you move it around, like like I'm in Eden Prairie now with my money mailers. Um, if if I when I stop them, and then the day comes around, like in a year or two, when I get back to them. I get a lot of hits at first because they're like, "Oh, we were going to use you, and we forgot, you know, or we thought you closed, or whatever." And you, you get you get a little bit of a bum rush, and that's that's all part of the um, the, the the compounding aspect of it. All of those little things just keep adding up, but you have to invest in it, just like your four hundred one k your 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 yep. boss doesn't match squat if you don't put in squat. All um, right. <clears throat> you got to make sales calls. So that that's probably the the most impactful thing you can do to sell your business no matter what markets you're going after. And my business on a week-to-week basis is directly related to how many doors I knock on. No matter what I do to market no matter how I try and spin it, that's just a fact. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I I couldn't you know I couldn't lay it out any better. If if my wife's yelling at me because there's not enough money, <laughs> it's because I didn't knock on enough doors. There's nothing to do with my Google ads. There's nothing to do. Google ads is free money. Um, sidebar: one fifty to two fifty is a sweet spot on that. Um, the, uh, it's just a necessary component. But yeah, it, it, you gotta yes. knock it out. I sort of took most of July and August off from sales calls. I built up my bank account and my receivables and and uh, I coasted. But then my wife starts yelling at me <laughs> coming come into <laughs> August because <clears throat> all she sees is the, the money I put in the bank. Not as high as it was. Um, right. And so I go out and I knock on some doors. And... Um, Is that when she refers to you as Theodore? Or did you move from Ted to Theodore at that point? You,
3: you got uh, to get up. Okay. No, it's
2: not... It's, it, it, it's, it's not such a a motherly... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> No, it's, more, uh, li- it's no. more like get your ass in gear. Because uh, okay. he knows okay. it, you know. I mean, yeah. um, no, it's, you need to put some constant, gentle pressure on yourself. I It's on my calendar every Monday. If something comes up, I'll do it on Tuesday. But it doesn't have to be long, it can be an hour. Yeah. Really? As long as it's it done. It can be two hours. You know, it can be. It can be whatever, you know, it, go after random things, you know, you can just park yourself at a mall and go around, whatever the case may be.
3: Right. Um, so
1: this, yeah. is, um, this is very, very sage advice. It, it's the amount of work you have directly relates to how many doors you knock on. And I'm, I'm repeating yeah. what you said, but it, it's it's not up to Google AdWords. It's not up to um, one silver bullet out there other than the fact that you've you got to plant seeds and knock, doors, knock on doors, and it mm-hmm. does come to fruition, right? It, and I, I'm, I'm sure you went through a period where you're thinking, you know, I'm knocking on doors, this isn't happening, what am I doing? <laughs> and, and then it kicked in. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Just, just you know, because yeah, we hear that well, a lot?
2: Yes and no. It really depends. I mean I tend to think that I got I, I guess I was never really discouraged. I I I think I have some advantages because I come out of a restaurant environment and not much scares me. Um the uh, you know, if you if you can get screamed at by a three hundred pound dude in a full dining room on a Saturday night and not flinch, you yeah. you're up. <laughs> so you know, it, it, not a whole lot of little situations like that, I guess, deter me. Um, but Got it. You know, one of the things I did when I was training for Applebee's is I, I trained crutches. You know, one of the things that we did to, you know, some manager trainees are afraid to go to tables, especially if there's a problem. So we, what we do is we make them bring food to the table. Here, run the food. You know, it's a crutch. It gets them there. It's their opening. Um, you could use a jeweler's loop or a magnifying glass in any furniture store, and I promise the manager comes to you. So, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll open up. They'll start talking, so... And it gives you control in the situation, too. If you're trying to get yeah. through the the firewall, you have no control. Let the, let it the it firewall a whole lot easier. hold on its own. See ya. <laughs> oh. Blush them out. Cool. You know, I guarantee you. Be, I, I mean, you can probably use that tactic anywhere. You're trying to get on the Lamborghini lot, go in there with a freaking microscope and start looking at their stuff real close. I guarantee someone will approach you.
1: Oh, that could be a challenge for listeners out there. See, see who will do that first. Take a magnifying glass onto a car lot.
2: Yeah. <laughs> See if, it, it. see if
1: the rule applies. Yeah. Oh, do you do it now?
2: Well, no. not I, well, I do it with my jeweler's loop. I don't do it on the car lots. But okay. I don't. My back's not good enough to work the car lots. The, the one, the two that I work at most are. I do a lot for Zurich Shield on the at BMW, and there's a place called Foreign Affairs Auto, and all they do is um, put together old European cars and fix them up. And I do a lot of work for them because they want original parts and they want the work to be good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and their clientele pays cash. You don't finance cars <laughs> like they sell. <laughs> when they no. pay cash, they like they like to have it done right. Fair if enough. You look at like the the pigskin in some of those old cars. Well, modern day pig skin, the the pigs are three, four, five times the size and so are the hair follicles. So they can never match that leather up Mm. and especially in a lot of the European stuff that, so if you can, and the leather's typically so good that it's still in decent shape. I mean, you, you can make good, good money on, on that stuff. Yeah. Good, good place to be in for sure.
1: Hey, I want to just circle back quickly um, on the topic of upholster. So you had mentioned that you you do have upholsters. You you outsource jobs to, but I know you also <coughs> mentioned you have a a juki in in your home shop for yeah. um, for time sensitivity, right? So when you need something um, turned around on on a simple panel replacement, that gives you the opportunity to do that. Um, yeah where do you where where do you kind of draw the line between what you keep in house and what you outsource what's what are some rules you play by there
2: it's that's easy it's just, um if it's technical work it gets farmed out i've got a couple of upholsters that i do work with yeah. um one's local one's in wisconsin the um if it's the $10,000 sofa that we're working on, it's, it's going to the upholsterer that's local, and I'll supply the panels, whatever, that kind of stuff. Um, we just do light upholstery. So we'll make covers, uh, we'll replace a leather panel. I'm completely comfortable taking apart and reassembling pretty much any piece of furniture. And we're fully set up to do so. Um, you know, I've got the foam cutter, I've got the the commercial steamer, everything's, everything's literally at my fingertips. I have a switch for the shop vac for sucking foam, I have a switch for the hot water spotter so I don't have to set anything up. Um, I like to be super, super efficient in the shop. Um, but well, yeah, basically panel replacement. It, it's like my wife does that. I don't do any sewing, but we've taken some basic some upholstery classes, um, and there are some resources in the Twin Cities which have been kind of nice. Like that, like I went, <clears throat> and this is before we I think officially had um, our upholster on staff with Fibernew, but uh, I just wanted to. Figure out the basics, you know, just get an idea, a better idea on tensioning. You know, if you can find, if, if you're new to the upholstery, if you can get some help on tensioning, make, make sure that you're not stretching stuff too tight, too loose. Um, tensioning can be a little bit of an art. Um, so it's nice to take some classes with that kind of stuff. Most, mostly, I needed to be able to start from the inside because the first thing we do is we take the foam out, whether the cushions are attached or not, and we steam it and we put new batting on it because my work isn't going to last if I don't. Because if you look at the leather, if the wear is in the peaks, it's because the top coat came off and their butt just started rubbing off the the pigment. But if the wear is in the valleys, which 90% of it is, it's because it lost support and and after it lost support the leather got softened up a little bit more. So the leather itself isn't gonna want to last as long unless it has the support beneath it. So um that's my so, story in there.
1: Yeah No, that's good. That 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 makes sense. It it's um <laughs> there, there's a whole specific art behind upholstery itself, and and the basics, if you can cover, make sense. You know, when when yeah. there's, yeah, if if it's within your skill set, within you know the project parameters, I could totally see yeah. that. And when it's over and above that, you kind of you got to know to make the call to that outsourced Yeah, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. And more often than not, I mean, it, it helps to be really good at stripping the stuff, um, like. Before we had the Juki, I would literally take the the arm off the chair, stick it into a box, and ship it to Wisconsin because I had a much better turnaround, even with shipping, than I could in the Twin Cities. Wow. You know, okay. the bolsters here, you know, most of them are, at least on my end, are six to ten or more weeks out, and professional courtesy is like two or three weeks so, if it's high-end work, then it's worth it, but yeah. for small stuff, no. Um, like that. You know, and then I get covers from designs by Lawrence out east, but, but lately, I haven't been doing so many of those. It, it's just, you got to do so many of them before any of them become routine, because all the wiring harnesses are different. Everything is, you know, it seems like I'm on a YouTube video with every single one that I replace. Um, but, um, but I do use those for that kind of upholstery. Okay. So I got good, at least uh, 3 Good. Oh, sorry, what's that? I got at least three upholsters. I don't know. It, it's yeah, all about, I, I just don't want to deal with it because I can make so much more money um doing other things. I mean I get nine seventy five for a sofa and they take me about four hours. And most of it is I mean, the foam, rebatting it, and cleaning it. Because I'll just airbrush the bare minimum of color and then top coat the whole thing. <clears throat> so if I were to add like a panel replacement (laughs) into that that time loop it completely changes the whole picture right yeah no and my wife likes doing it and she's good at it so perfect so that and she likes the fact that it saves us the shipping and the the outside labor when we can but like you know if it's technical you're charging for it so that's right that's right. Fantastic.
1: And speaking of rules, I, this is the, the last thing I want to cover with you on this call, but um, you and I have talked in the past about your, what we'll refer to as the $10,000 rule in, in looking yeah. at your business and, and where you're at and your pipeline and your scheduling and everything. Do you want to break that down? What what is what does the $10,000 rule entail for you?
2: The um, Well, essentially, uh, Originally I like to make sure that I had at least $10,000 between um, receivables and work that's in the shop and were and money in the bank. Now I it's I don't include the money in the bank in that. I like to have $10,000 between receivables and work that's on the shop floor. Okay? So that means that I it's guaranteed work, it's guaranteed money, because I've either done the work or it's in my shop. Um, and so that that's like the cushion, as it were. That's kind of my short-term disability, if you want to think of it that way. Um, but it it also gives me like a number I can look at, and I immediately know that I need to shake my booty and get out there because I consider it to be a bare minimum. I'd like to see it more like 15. 10 is the alarm bell. Right, exactly. Yeah, if if things start dipping
1: below 10%, you you know that it's door-knocking time or it's going back to, uh, to previous customers. Whatever needs to be done, right? That, that's your, well, as you said, the alarm
2: bell. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and it, it's just keeping my... It, it's just keeping my flow through active. It's keeping my flow through balanced. Um, you know, I, some, if you, sometimes I'll 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 try and put you know booked work into the equation, but it's just so that just is kind of messy. But um, yeah, and if especially if you've been doing this for a couple years, even the. When you need to generate income right now, I literally just go right into my QuickBooks and I'll just start calling my commercial contacts that I've done work for. Mm-hmm. So, and I've never yeah, just gotten income by doing that. So, you know, you have, And a lot of times you, you call them. Oh, we were just thinking about that. Just, <laughs> just, just call everybody you know on it. If you've been doing it only for a year, call everybody that you've done work for. Every last one of them. How's it going? Sure. You know, how's it been holding up? You know, maybe you yeah. the first week and it failed, and you're just finding out now. Good. Get out there and fix it, and then find something else to fix. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad thing, is it? No, that's no, right. But the yeah, but I don't know. It's, the ten thousand dollar rule is more of a A guideline, but it it gives you something to look at. It really does. Good for you. Good for you. Because I'm trying to project, you know, kind of a fast moving. Our sales are it's it follow the same trends that the restaurants did, which is kind of cool for me because it, it 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 just does. But they you know they follow disposable income trends and things like that. Um. And it's to put it in perspective, un, unmolested, a restaurant can probably expect to see year, yearly sales growth in the three to five percent range without um, any major initiatives or anything like that. You should be able to see that in the 10 to 20 percent range in Twebero Okay? And that, that was that, um, that just to me says, you know, we're following the same trends, but just organically. You you should be able to see some increases, if not much higher than that. Right? I think to me. 20, per, I think we've averaged twenty percent overall, and I'm in my seventh year. Um, and I consider okay. that to be maybe. Just for health reasons, I mean, I, I had like a my, myalgia that I battled for over three years and I couldn't even lift a, a chair. <clears throat> but I still managed to figure out how to get the work done. Um, but it limited, you know, me running out looking for work. Right. But, uh, you know, because like I basically did what I could do. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's the moral of the story is knock on doors.
1: It It always comes back to that.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well,
2: people are looking for the magic pill. Guess what? There actually is one, and that's what it is. That is the magic sauce. Knock on (laughs) doors. It's guaranteed to work. It's never never not work. Unless you, like, kick them in the shin or something after you're done talking to them. Guaranteed. Don't do that. No. Just, I I want to ask you
1: about the ebbs and flows of disposable income and how it correlates to restaurant uh, business. Mm -hmm. Are you talking monthly ebbs and flows? You talking
2: seasonal? What? Yeah, basically all all of the above. At least in in my area, it's like now I start picking. You know, like if I start in January, January's okay, Um, because people are still active after the holidays. People are given money after the holidays and some Mm -hmm. go to the store with it. Some call you and have you do the sofa with it or the car seats. And then by the end of January, it kind of dips down. And in March, it starts picking back up again as people start thinking springy. I'll just get bonkers from the end of March until basically the 4th of July and then it'll drop off once we get to like summer at the beginning of the summer um okay. you know and then it tapers off at which point i start calling on commercial customers the um and that that's the that's the nice fallback is we're in so many markets and when the natural you know like what I call, you know, just the organic, the people, the cars, the sofas, the the non-commercial stuff. When that flows down, you just start calling on your past commercial clients and just repeat the process. I am. Um, you, know, you just, but it's, it is about making contact with people, so. <laughs> that's you know, your, I want the money. Uh, your your gateway to the
1: money. That's right. <laughs>
2: Yep, it's talk to the people that spend money and, um, but it does, it follows those those trends, you know, restaurants will like, you know, I'll start building up now up until the holidays and I'll be pretty busy. I'll start, I'll really start hitting my commercial clients because at the end of the year, um, whether your economy has been going well or not, the, the, the big business economy, has been going well. So people that have been budgeted for it may still have some money that they need to spend before the end of the year because when that's budgeted and the end of the year comes and they haven't spent it all, um, then they're going to, A, lose what, you know, they won't be able to spend it, and, B, their budget goes down the next year. So help them spend it. um. <laughs> And it's and it's a great time to go into restaurants and stuff because either they have the money to spend it or they have to wait until January to spend it. And so you want to make sure that they know where they can spend it on their new booth covers in January in November when you're in there. So, sure. you know, it comes, like I said earlier, especially with restaurant folks. Those bonus cycles can really help you do some some business with them, especially if they have to do a lot, because um, that can be thousands of dollars. They can really right. be bonus busters if, if if it's not laid out. Um, let's see.
3: I,
1: I, I like know. that, though, but the, the, the summer slowdown and then turning to the commercial side when, when the yeah. consumer side dies down, make, that makes yeah. total sense.
2: Yeah. Oh, and it's, yeah, and by the end of November, I've, I've kind of done a commercial <laughs> pivot. You're not, you're not calling me for your sofa two weeks before Christmas. Well, maybe you are, but um, yeah. and, and in the beginning of the year, everyone's got a clean budget slate. So, mm-hmm. and they're not, you know, they're 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 not spending any of that on wages, but they'll spend it on their facilities. Right. Yeah. So
1: that's uh, oh. that's when uh, you make hay, as they say, during <laughs> during that time. That's uh, that's great. I've got one one last thing to touch on, and, and you had mentioned that how your business plan that you laid out, um, I think your words were didn't play out as you thought, but it was, it was an ever evolving plan.
2: Well, no, um, it was more that you, you couldn't have laid it out as a plan. Um, okay. Because I, it's, I, I'm, a, I'm an ADD adult and so I work with it and I leverage it to my, to my benefit. So I'll go all in on something until I really feel like I've got a grasp on it, until I think I'm doing a good job on it, um, whether it's medical or whatever, but that's what I focus on. And then once we kind of get established to that, then I go and I focus on something else. And uh, I'm I'm not a throw it all at the wall and see what sticks kind of guy, I'm like throw it all at the spot that sticks. And then we'll move on to the next spot that sticks. Um, <laughs> okay. I can hyper-focus so, on stuff and really um, really kind of give myself an education on it and get a better idea of the market, that kind of stuff. Um, okay. And then I'll move on to the next thing. So. Okay. Um, Does that
1: also you know, correlate it, to sales calls? Like when you were you know, let's say hitting the medical market, you just focused on that, and then you moved on to furniture stores, or did you find yourself
2: maybe yeah. more...
3: Okay.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I like to keep the same pitch in my head, so... Okay. I mean, if I, sometimes I'll just, I'll find myself in a strip mall, and I'll just go through the strip mall, because I'm already parked. Okay. But if I'm setting out to make sales calls, I'll just, I'll pick medical, or I'll pick restaurant, I don't necessarily even pick where I'm gonna go because I can might as well myself into a circle. So I'll just go and it it just plays itself out. I'll see a clinic and I'll stop in. Oh, I haven't been to this one for a while or whatever the case may be. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, think that may be an odd way of going about it, but it's actually, I think, served me pretty well. Okay. It probably took me a little bit longer. I think, I think, I, I think I've built my business slowly, but, but with really stable building bricks. Okay. I, I seem to be able to readdress any of the markets that I've... I, the only one I haven't gone full bore into is, is, is automotive, really. And that's more a function of my back not wanting to crawl around in, in cars. Um, and the ironic thing is that I've got what used to be called the, the the Golden Mile. Back in the '70s, on Highway 12, they say they said they used to in one mile of that freeway, they used to sell a million dollars of cars a day. Decades. Sorry, ago.
3: can you repeat that <laughs> again? More
2: dealerships today. Yeah, I, I think of it. I think of it as. As, as like a sleeping giant and when the day comes that i sell my business it's a, it's it's the biggest market and it really hasn't been tapped by me in my territory um so it's going to be a huge growth opportunity for someone down the line when i retire and okay. sell it okay. what uh I'll so hyper- speaking help I'll do it that way. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly I, what I was going to say. said I never <laughs> do that? Because I, I did this to <laughs> not have employees anymore. <clears throat> but now when I when I start to think about scalability, that is more office work than than out and about work. That um, is something I at least have to take a look at, without just dismissing it outright. So okay, so I'm actually thinking about that. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. That uh,
1: seems like a natural step for for your business at uh, at the next juncture. So, I think well, that's-
2: and that's the 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 other scalability that I'm looking at is in in the in the covers because I don't have to do anything except for sell the work. And if I build it to the point where I'm feeling like I don't want to work as much as I am. It'll be really easy to find someone on Craigslist that can put on booth covers. there are a lot right. of people with basic upholstery skills. You know, maybe mom and dad were upholsters and they did all the stripping. Um, but whatever the case may be, but you know, you could give someone $25, 30 bucks a cover to install, and they're making a hundred bucks an hour. Right. And all I had to do was sell the the work. So that's. I'm, in the, if I were to look forward to like five or ten years, I would envision that I would probably have a tech for cover installation and one for car lots. Okay, I like that vision. Oh. and I and I go okay. my shop and work on the animal and stuff, and <laughs> yeah,
1: keep that. Uh, the ten thousand rule at that point will probably be a twenty thousand or twenty five thousand dollar rule. I, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, No, I um, no, I'm I'm, I'm starting to I'm starting to get back out, knock on doors more again now that summer's out, and I honestly I should, I I've been remiss in that the entire I'm in my seventh year now for most of it. Um, can always do more. And it is such a direct correlation between what what you make and how many doors you knock. And it it is what it is. I mean, it, it's a, it's an immediate gratification kind of thing because you'll you'll find word. So. I think those
1: are perfect uh, parting words to end this. Uh, we've, we've covered a lot of grounds on on this podcast. Uh, so much good stuff covered.
2: Great advice. Not uh, many swear words um, to edit out.
1: No,
3: actually, it's pretty clear.
1: <laughs> I don't think there was one one bleep I had to insert. So, I uh, appreciate that too. And uh, thanks for all the all the advice. And I, I imagine this will prompt more questions from people who listen. So, uh, if you don't mind the odd inbound phone call from a fellow franchisee, um, that that may oh, be no. around the corner for you. Okay.
2: Uh, I'm i cha- I'm a chatty guy. I talk to a lot of folks. The um, so no, I don't I don't mind not at all for the okay. ADD, blah blah blah.
3: <laughs> I'm a yapper. That's fantastic. You know, Thank yapper. you once again, Ted. Yeah. That's all great. right. Thanks, Jesse.